Woi woi, woi woi, woi woi. Then it then go on the radio again. Yo, if you wanna smoke free weed, go board yourself. You need to go plant a seed. Go board yourself, make your knowledge increase. Go board yourself, go board yourself. Hey, all right, you guys, welcome to episode number 69 of Grow Bud Yourself. We're excited for this one. This is a grow special for you guys. Uh, We got a lot of info. We're going to talk a little bit up front about some news, but then we're going to get right into it. We've got Strain of the Fortnite uh, grow tip on overwatering versus underwatering your plants, plus a ton of your questions answered. So stick around. Grow Bud Yourself, episode 69, brought to you by Excelsior Extracts, Sweet Leaf Nutrients, and Rocket Seeds, coming at you. If you're a grower, or you're thinking about starting your first crop, then you need to know about Sweet Leaf Plant Nutrients. Sweet Leaf has an incredible line of organic fertilizers and, of course, their legacy line that includes organic and some synthetic fertilizers. So check them out at sweetleaf.com. That's S-U-I-T-E-L-E-A-F.com. The code DANKO15 gets you 15% off everything at Sweet Leaf. That's 15% off their signature line of nutrients as well as essentials like complete indoor hydroponic grow tent kits and grow lights, plus awesome apparel, backpacks, and much more. If you join our Patreon, you'll get access to additional codes worth 20 and even 25% off. All Patreon supporters also receive free Sweet Leaf nutrients just for signing up. Sweet Leaf provides all the tools necessary for the modern gardener. Check them out at sweetleaf.com and remember the code DANKO15. Hey, all right, welcome back. Thank you to DJ Jacques and Winstrong for the tune. We love you guys. And uh, yeah, this is it, episode 69. Uh, nothing significant about that number at we all. Got anything for 69? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. nothing. Nope. <laughs> uh, JK. But anyway, you guys, um, this is it, uh, episode 69. Uh, we are into September now. Exciting times for cannabis growers. Uh, cooler temperatures, fall weather, leaf peeping. <laughs> Good I didn't stuff. like that. It sounded very dirty. <laughs> it's not. It's fun. Leaf watching, I, I've heard. Leaf peeping is like the leaves are trying to change, and they just need a little privacy, and you're like peeking through their curtains. Hey, I like leaves. I know you do. It's just maybe a little much. So yeah, but you you just got back from a little trip, right? You're joining us fresh from the road. That's true. That's actually true. I was just in Atlantic City for the Champs Trade Show. Had a lot of fun there. Saw some uh, friends I hadn't seen in a long time, and yeah, I worked the booth there for Northeast Leaf Magazine. Gave out a ton of magazines. Uh, saw a bunch of people. It's a great show. I've been going for, God, now over 20 years. I think uh, the first one was 1999 when it was still called the contemporary tobacco accessories show (laughs) (laughs) but they had it was fun they had the glass games uh which is a lot of glass blowers um putting together specific pipes with different themes for different uh trade shows and stuff so that was really cool to see all the glass blowers working on their their uh their bongs and rigs and pipes and uh just yeah ran into our old pal adam ill we're gonna get him on the show some point uh and it was a good time. And actually, on my way up to uh, the Cultivator's Cup in uh, 
Somerset, Massachusetts, near Fall River this weekend for an amazing event up there. Um, it's at a dispensary uh, called Solar Therapeutics. And actually, Saturday night, uh, Method Man and Red Man are performing, as well as Cypress Hill. So really excited to catch up with those guys. They Always great performances from, from them. And uh, it should be a really cool event. There's a whole cup that goes along with it. Uh, of uh, legal Massachusetts cannabis. So I'm excited to see what's out there. And then the week after that, uh, AnyCan, uh, New England Cannabis Convention at the Heinz Convention Center in Boston. I'm, I'll be speaking, uh, working a booth there as well. And even better, the weekend after that, uh, September 18th, is the Boston Freedom Rally right there uh, on the hallowed ground of the Boston Common, right in the middle of town where the Revolutionary War began and uh, the revolution continues because it's a beautiful event, uh, great speakers, great musical acts. We'll have a booth there giving away free Northeast Leaf magazines. I'll have my uh, my Beginner Grow book for people if they want to buy that and uh, I can sign that for them. Uh, if you uh, are a podcast fan, maybe I'll have some stickers for you if you come up and mention the show. So I uh, hope to see you guys at some point in the next three weeks in Massachusetts if your guys are around and in that area. Um, yeah, good times. Uh, a lot of travel in the next uh, couple of weeks. And uh, that's a new thing for the, for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, nice. I mean, it's it's nice that there's not any kind of global pandemic for you to worry about. Oh, there you is. You can just travel. Oh. oh. <laughs> but, you well, know, I'm driving up. Stay and, safe. And the, the, most of these are outdoor events or, or socially distance events with masking and stuff. So, yeah, you know, the, the beat goes on. We're, we're Cannabis is out there still being essential and still helping people. So, uh, hopefully, uh, it'll continue and uh, things will get better. You know, that's what we're all kind of... Uh, you know, you're, just, you're too valuable, Dan. We should maybe make you like a little bubble to walk around these events in. And you could just kind of shake people's hands with a, like a tube. You as know? long as the bubble is filled with bubble. cannabis smoke, I think I'd be okay. You, you know? do what you want to do and you're a bubble. It's your bubble. <laughs> right on, right on. Well, uh, you were just in New Jersey. We've been talking a lot about New Jersey over the last couple episodes because of all the opt-outs that have happened. As we mentioned uh, last week, 71% of the towns in the state have opted out of the legal cannabis industry. So we actually, we don't want to you know, beat a horse to death on this, but we got an email from a listener. We thought we might read that here. Uh, it's from Dr. Kem, and he writes, uh, Hey, Danny and Mike, at a comment after hearing you gents speak about New Jersey in episode 67, if a town were to decide to allow the cannabis industry to operate, how do business owners trust that in five years, newly elected officials won't just change their stance and uh, switch to an opt-out status for that town or city? It would seem rather unwise for a business owner to attempt taking on the risk and the cost associated with starting a business in this industry if they may not be able to legally operate in a few years. Never mind convince an investor to assume that risk. This seems like a potentially shady backdoor action for the state government to pot block the Commonwealth and get some bribes going like they did in Massachusetts. Curious to hear your thoughts. Uh, so keep up the good work, says Dr. Kim. Yeah, what do you think, man? Yeah, uh, first off, I, I like the, that pot block <laughs> yeah, <laughs> phrase. Nice. It's great. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm not quite sure how often they, these councils get to vote on this or if it was a one-time thing. 
Uh, but in five sh- years, they will get to. So if you if you decided not to opt out at this point, you're governed by state law for five years. After five years, uh, towns will have another opportunity to opt out of cannabis. All right. Uh, well, it, to me, the whole system is really messed up if that's the case, because you have five or ten people on these city councils that are deciding to overturn the will of the voters who overwhelmingly voted to legalize uh my opinion is that in five years, those com- those towns are going to see that they're losing revenue and hopefully opt in. Uh, but the idea of a, pl- a town that opted in now and would then opt out in five years, you know, you're right. That is a really tough position to put a business person in. Uh, my advice would be, you know, find a town that's not going to opt out. You know, there's certain ones you just know. Hoboken, Jersey City, towns that need the revenue, towns that are close to the city, uh, towns that have uh, progressive politics and people on those councils that uh, at least, you know, understand that opting out doesn't keep cannabis away from anybody. It just makes people go further away for it. Uh, It doesn't doesn't help kids, doesn't help anything. It just uh, takes revenue out of that city's coffers and puts it into another city's coffers. So, uh, hopefully town, towns don't opt out like that, especially after they've already opted in. But you're right. I mean, that's part of the problem with overregulation. That's part of the problem with uh, having the government involved in cannabis at all. I mean, really, it's, it's an agricultural issue and it shouldn't really involve uh, these city councils. But uh, the fact remains that it does and that that is a possibility. And it would be tough to invest millions of dollars uh, and and find property and then have to then move to a different town. My opinion is the, they'd have to be crazy uh, to opt out because it's just going to cost them money. The other thing you can do is run for city council yourself, uh, f- f- hire lobbyists to uh, go and lobby those people and make sure they understand uh, you know the importance of it and. Uh, basically just keep track of who these people are and, and, and why, you know, why they're opting out or why they would even choose to do so and try to educate them as to uh, why they shouldn't do that. And I think, you know, if, if, if they're not hearing that and they're insisting on opting out, they need to be voted out. And so uh, a concerted effort can be made, you know, stoners vote and, uh, especially when they're well-educated and they, when they understand that it's important and that it's an issue close to their hearts. Uh, I, you know, if I lived in New Jersey, I think I would, th- I would be very interested to know what my city council was going to do, who those people are, how they get there, how to get them out if we don't uh, like their uh, opinions and votes. And so, you know, if, you, if you're investing millions of dollars into a business or you have investors that are doing so, uh, it's really important that you know you don't get uh, kneecapped by these city council groups. So uh, you're right. Some of that money, uh, that investment money, should go to ensuring that uh, your states aren't, their cities aren't opting out. Uh, and by that, I do not mean bribes because that's gotten oh, a lot. It of, sounded a lot <clears throat> like bribes when you said that. Not at all. No, I'm saying uh, when you, I'm saying you form a nonprofit organization. Uh, with other like-minded companies, it's not a business; it's a nonprofit, and that nonprofit's job isn't to put money in the pockets of the city council people. It's to advise them and let them know uh, that you know we want we want to stay 
opted in. We, we were bringing tons of money to the town and uh, we're going to campaign against you if uh, you disagree with that. So it's not a bribe. It's just basically a, uh, a suggestion or a, you know, a, a lobbying uh, thing to counter some of the misinformation that these people are obviously getting from the other side. So uh, I'm certainly not advising any type of bribe. I'm saying uh, that you need to uh, just get involved in the politics of the situation uh, on in a legal manner. And I think the best way to do that is, uh, you know, as a, a lobbying organization. And I think ultimately that's what's going to happen in some of these towns. Uh, so hopefully things will change and we won't have all this opting out and, and the money uh, from legal cannabis will go to the communities that want it. Yeah. I would just add two things. First of all, to the question that was asked about the investors, I think that an investor could make enough money from a legal cannabis business in five years for it to be well worth the risk of doing it. Um, so I don't think that's going to be a deterrent because you can make a lot of money in five years in legal cannabis. And then, of course, once you've established a, a brand, you can move to another town, etc. So I wouldn't worry about it scaring away investors so much as it being kind of a pain in the ass. But New Jersey, all these legal states are inundated with people wanting to throw money at legal pot. So that's not something that should be a concern. Uh, secondly, anything has the uh, potential to lead to bribes, especially things that are quasi black market or could be made illegal by a small group of people. But the difference uh, between New Jersey and you mentioned uh, Massachusetts in Massachusetts, part of the cannabis law was something called a host community agreement. And those agreements, uh, as well as the, um, the community impact fees that were part of the agreements uh, that businesses and towns signed, that is what led to the payouts and the bribes and a bit of the corruption that was going on in Massachusetts. I'm not saying it won't happen in New Jersey, I'm just saying it's a slightly different uh, setup with the regulations. Indeed. Indeed. So speaking of Massachusetts, thank you, uh, Dr. Kem, for writing in. We appreciate that. But uh, let's just do one more little news item here. And uh, man, Massachusetts is, is killing it. I'm telling you, uh, the Cannabis Control Commission, which is sort of the regulatory industry that, that oversees cannabis in, uh, in Massachusetts, they reported as of August 30th, the state has now made $2 billion in sales of legal pot since that adult use industry started in 2018. So two billion dollars so far. But the crazy part is they've already made about 800 million this year. They're projected to make 1.2 billion this year alone. And by 2025, the state is projected to reach 2.6 billion dollars in sales annually, which is just in insane. Yes. And the commission has put out 168 adult use uh, retail licenses compared to just 39 in early 2020. So that that industry is really taking off. Yeah, amazing. Uh, great news. And, you know, anyone who's been to Massachusetts can see there's lines outside these dispensaries and billboards everywhere for different dispensaries. And you see them everywhere. And uh, even in the pandemic, they're doing curbside delivery, pre-orders, uh, a lot of amazing stuff going on. And uh, also, there is great herb at some of these dispensaries. I mean, if you look at Canna Provisions hired our friend uh, ChemDog, Greg, to grow for them. So you're getting ChemDog strains grown by ChemDog when you buy weed from them. So 
Anyone that tells you you can only find, you know, Boof or Zaza or whatever they want to call it, mids at a dispensary is dead wrong because some of these shops, uh, particularly the, you know, the ones that really are all about it, uh, have some amazing strains, amazing flour, amazing concentrates. Oh my gosh. You know, uh, even some of the bigger, uh, companies, the MSOs, uh, have some fire concentrates. And, uh, I, I just think that, you know, there's this perception that you can't get good weed, uh, from a legal store, uh, that you pay taxes on, but that is certainly not true. I mean, it's true about some, but there are some where you can get some great stuff. So, uh, that's good news. And I'd love to hear that the, the, you know, B, the billion and B and, and all of that, because that just goes to show how much money can be made. Uh, and hopefully New Jersey is listening. <laughs> I hope you guys are listening, uh, to that because, uh, that's serious money. That's just one state. So uh, think of 50 states uh, with $2 billion a year coming in. And now you're talking about an industry that's bigger than U.S. Steel, as uh, Hyman Roth would say. Always with the Godfather references, but appreciated here on this show. Um, okay, so that's a little bit of a look at what's going on in the world of weed. But we have a lot of great cultivation stuff to get to. Yeah, absolutely. We've got uh, Strain of the Fortnite coming up. Uh, grow tip on overwatering versus underwatering and grow Q&A. So uh, without further ado, uh, stick around. We will be back with the cultivation segment after these messages. If you're ready to start your own home grow, you're going to need some seeds. Fortunately, our sponsor Rocket Seeds has you covered. You can find seeds for hundreds of high-quality cannabis varieties at rocketseeds.com, including many of our strains of the Fortnite. Rocket Seeds boasts an incredible inventory of quality-tested cannabis seeds. Whether you're looking for feminized, autoflowering, regular, CBD, or fast version seeds, Rocket Seeds has it all. Plus, Rocket Seeds ships internationally and discreetly and provides excellent customer service. And as a special promotion just for our listeners, you can use the code GBY10 to get 10% off your order at Rocket Seeds. So follow at Rocket Seeds on Instagram. Remember to tell them Danny sent you. And check out rocketseeds.com today and get growing. Yes, this is a Fortnite. And yes, this is a Fortnite. Strain of the Fortnite. What do you got for us? Uh, what do you got for us this week? Strain of the Fortnite. Strain of the Fortnite. All right. <laughs> Everyone knows, of course, that means it's time for your strain of the Fortnite. So, what do you have for us this Fortnite? Yes, so this fortnight I have a strain called Lamb's Breath, and it's, this is an autoflower, so I'm going to say Lamb's Breath autoflower. Uh, it's a Jamaican strain. Some people call it Lamb's Bread. Uh, some people call it Lamb's Breath. I think it's because the Rastas, you know, when they say Lamb's Breath, it sounds like Lamb's Bread. <laughs> I think that's the confusion there, but who knows? Maybe it's Lamb's Bread. <laughs> I don't know, but we're calling it Lamb's Breath, and it's an autoflower. And as I mentioned, it's a Jamaican strain. Actually, Bob Marley was said to uh, smoke it and recommend it for sure. There's definitely uh, 
audio of him talking about the strain. It's um, as expected from a Jamaican uh, strain. It's a sativa, a strong sativa, uh, very cerebral high, uh, definitely kicks in pretty fast, um, but uh, very uplifting, as we always say with the sativa dominant strains. Um, it also is a great wake and bake. Like this is like if you're feeling a little sluggish or whatever, uh, coffee's not doing it for you. Um, smoke some lamb's bread or lamb's breath, and uh, it will pick you right up. It's really uh, you know great. It goes well with like a nice reggae tune. Uh, the origins go back to Jamaica. It's basically um, the closest thing to a land race for down there. It's definitely acclimated to their uh, climate so it loves hot weather um, it's an auto so it doesn't take long at all uh, to grow it it's gonna start flowering automatically so you can plant it in uh, April or May and then be harvesting in uh, June or July which is great uh, especially with a strain that loves heat you know you can you can really take advantage of that summertime uh, sunshine and heat and, and, and it's just a, it's a different terp, uh, terpene profile uh, when you're you're flowering under full summertime sun instead of the you know more sort of subdued sun in the fall, uh, if you're going outdoors, if you're doing it indoors, um, you know same thing. Just uh, keep in mind it's it's you know uh, a little bit of a challenging strain in some ways because of uh, some finickiness. It definitely got to control the environment. Um, give it uh, appropriate amount of space because it will stretch even though it's an auto. Um, as far as like flavors, uh, it's kind of interesting. It's got like a weird, interesting, like kind of sweet, creamy cheese uh, sort of uh, flavor with, with some skunkiness as well. Um, so it's definitely sweet and earthy, which uh, I always like. It's got that kind of uh, just earthy, you know, uh, rich sort of uh smell to it and then even the smoke kind of uh feels a little denser in a way to for for uh for when you're puffing on this uh very like i said very po powerful and uh kind of a feeling of positivity i think this was would be a great strain if, if you're feeling a little uh depression or just uh sadness or any kind of thing like that it, it can make you happy and, and, and more elated in a way, and uh, if you're out, you know, like I said, for wake and bake too, um, if you if you got plans, it's not going to ruin your plans. It'll only enhance them. So uh, whatever you're trying to achieve, this isn't going to stand in the way. And it's available from Rocket Seeds, which is amazing. Our sponsors, uh, Rocket Seeds, they have it available as an auto on their site, Rocket Seeds. Uh, you can also get 10% uh, off of any strains at Rocket Seeds by using the code gby10 so uh get yourself some lamb's bread or lamb's breath <laughs> uh rocket calls it lamb's breath and i i do believe honestly that it is lamb's breath i think uh lamb's bread is uh, sort of the misinterpretation uh because even when the they would talk about it uh in jamaica uh it they they call it lamb's breath because it they they think it kind of smells and tastes like actual the breath, actually, the breath of a lamb. So, uh, and there's no nothing as opposed is, to the bread baked by a lamb. I guess <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, uh, yeah, if you're interested in a strong sativa that's an uh, autoflower, uh, check out Lamb's Breath from Rocket Seeds. It's interesting. I'm not. I'm not saying that this is why or how that spread, but 
Uh, one of uh, Bob Marley's very early interviews was, of course, with a magazine that you and I used to work for. And um, in that interview, whoever transcribed it actually wrote the words lamb's bread, which again, as you're saying, it could, he could have very easily have been saying lamb's breath. And then it was transcribed by some person in New York as lamb's bread. And then it was put out to the public in America. And that could be, I guess, how the alternative name spread. I'm not sure if that's the correct origin of that, but that is a thing that happened. <laughs> it's funny, you know, I mean, that's the way it is. It's kind of like a game of telephone when, you, when you're dealing with uh, any legal substance that's mm -hmm. underground, you know, just sort of uh, people call it something and then there's, you know, alternate versions of that, just like people don't quite know what the OG and OG stands for, you know, is it ocean grown is it original gangster what what you know where so, did the ocean grown part come from i never understood that again you know it's just it, all it takes is one person to put it out there like that and then and sound you know, confident <laughs> exactly and then it spreads <laughs> we should do our uh, pot peeves at some point we've been talking about that for years but i think ocean grown would be one of mine maybe Okay, so that was our strain of the Fortnite. Uh, so we now move on to our grow tip each week. Dan likes to provide a tip that's going to help you become a better cultivator. So what do you want to discuss this week? Yes. So this week I want to talk about overwatering and underwatering, uh, what it looks like and what to do uh, if you've got it. And the confusing thing about it is that it's sometimes it's a little hard to tell the difference. Um, and also, you know, when you're watering plants... Uh, you need to water them in different amounts for different phases of the plant's life. So uh, it's not just a matter of just, okay, my plant looks dry, let me water it. It's, uh, you, you have to think this through. So there's a few steps you want to go through. Uh, I like to leave the water out. So pour the water into whatever sized container you need, uh, you know, five-gallon bucket, a big barrel, uh, even a watering can. Uh, do that like a day before you water and just let it sit because that'll let uh, some of the chlorine dissipate and stuff like that. And um, you also, you know, should should be aware of the temperature of the water. You don't want it to be too cold or too warm. And you definitely need to know about the pH of the water as well. So get yourself a simple test kit if you don't have like the more expensive dipping uh, devices, the digital uh, meters, I highly recommend a digital meter because it's just simple and you dip and, and you know. But uh, even a cheap $20 uh, uh, aquarium test kit is enough to let you know at least whether you're in the right ballpark. So uh, check the pH, make sure it's right, use up or down if necessary. Uh, seedlings don't need nearly as much water as uh, plants that are have a bigger root system. So if you've got plants in a solo cup or something, just want to give them enough water make make you know make sure there's drainage holes and if you see just a little runoff at the bottom that's fine but uh you certainly don't want to overwater uh plants when they're seedlings at all and uh some people like to water from below meaning like let that cup sit in the water basically and let the water soak upwards and that sort of draws the roots down into the deeper into the cup and it also uh, keeps that top layer from being super duper moist all the time which can give you issues with uh, fungus gnats and, and molds and things like that so that's you know for when the plant is young and then as it grows bigger you're going to want to give it more water but uh, one of the biggest mistakes people make with adult uh, cannabis plants is overwatering, and now 
overwatering is going to look like uh, the plant is going to look droopy. Uh, the leaves will sort of hang down. Uh, you're going to know the medium is going to be moist. Uh, if you lift your container, it's going to be heavier than when it's dried out. So uh, there's different causes. Sometimes if you've got a, a large pot, uh, but you just have a small seedling in the pot, you could be overwatering it. Sometimes if your uh, pot is too small, uh, you can be overwatering. If you have bad drainage, I like to put stuff, uh, you know, uh, rocks or uh, some kind of, I, even lately I've been using uh, shells, like oyster shells, uh, in the bottom of the container, uh, just under, you know, so that the soil is on top of that and then the water is pulled through and makes its way out of the container. So uh, rather than just sitting stagnant. So uh, drainage is important and some soils are, are very thick and don't allow for drainage. So if you have a soil that's very dense, you're gonna wanna uh, loosen it up with some perlite. Uh, I'm not a big vermiculite fan, but perlite works really well for that. Um, so when a plant's overwatered, uh, it doesn't so much have to do with water as oxygen. The, the roots just aren't getting oxygen and they end up uh, basically dying. You know, they start turning brown and, and once your roots are damaged like that, it's really hard uh, to bounce back. But, uh, you know, if, if your plant looks droopy, a lot of times people think, oh, okay, the plant's droopy, needs water. They give it more water and they're making that situation worse. So uh, keep that in mind. If you lift up the container and it's just as heavy as when you normally water, let the plant, leave the plant alone. Uh, if, it, if the top layer of soil is, is moist, leave the plant alone. Um, and if you've overwatered, just don't water for a while. Um, so really that's kind of the solution there. Uh, the problem is you see the drooping and you think you, they plant needs water, but it's only drooping because it's overwatered. So um, that's the example for overwatering. Now underwatering is also an issue uh, and sol solvable as well. Uh, but it looks similar sometimes. So uh, the plant will start to droop, uh, but the leaves will also start to dry out. Uh, and they'll look like, it'll look like they're burning. Uh, they'll start to turn yellow. And uh, it's really important at that point uh, to make sure that the plant's getting water. Um, so again, as we mentioned, overwatering is like droopy leaves. And the fix for that is basically to... Uh, ease off on the fluids. Uh, also consider transplanting into a bigger pot. It might just be that the plant is in just in a really small pot and you're, uh, you just need to uh, transplant into something larger. I always recommend it because uh, the plant gets a boost from that too. A first couple of days is a little bit of a shock, uh, but when those roots hit that fresh new soil, uh, you'll see the plant bouncing back from that. Um, now, uh, keep in mind, pH is an issue and the quality of your water is an issue. So if you have really hard water or really soft water, uh, you really need to, uh, to deal with that, you know, whether that means getting a reverse osmosis, uh, machine to basically just pull all that out of your water and, or whether that means adding maybe a, a drop of, uh, dishwasher, li dishwashing liquid, uh, to your water to soften it up and allow the water to absorb into your soil because sometimes 
you can be watering a plant, uh, and oddly enough, uh, it's tr- it's uh, hydrophobic. So uh, it it just it's so dry or or uh, whatever the case may be that the water basically just wicks through the soil and comes out the bottom and doesn't actually uh, water. The, the, the soil doesn't get wet. So it's a weird phenomenon, but uh, that happens when the water's a little bit too hard. Um, so underwatering, uh, basically the plant's gonna look weak, uh, lifeless. It will look like it's wilting, similar to uh, the overwatering. Uh, but the leaves are going to be fragile, uh, brittle, uh, even kind of papery. Uh, and uh, if the medium is really dry and you lift the container and it feels super duper light, uh, that's just going to cause those leaves to get really crispy and uh, it's really bad. And basically, uh, you know, the roots, if the root system dries out entirely, the plant will die. So, uh, you want to water when uh, when the plant is uh, when the soil is dry, but you don't want the soil to sit dry for days and days. So um, the same thing, correct pot size is important here as well, uh, because uh, in a small container, a small seedling in a large uh, pot, uh, it, it's harder for the plant to uptake water. So uh, that little root system doesn't have a chance uh, to pull water in before it drains away. Um, water quality is very important, uh, and how often you water your plants is not something that you just say, I'm going to water every two days or whatever. It's subjective and it has to do with how much water the roots are pulling up, how much, uh, transpiration is going on and the, the humidity, uh, and even, uh, a lot of other factors. So there's a lot going on and, uh, you really want to monitor that and, so, you know, basically, like I said, uh, the, the key is to make sure your water is good. You know, if you're using RO, you shouldn't have an issue. Um, test the water runoff as well. So test the pH before you add the, the water. Test what's coming out of the bottom as well. Uh, make sure it's in the proper parameters. I'm assuming we're talking about soil right now. So... Uh, 6.2, 6.5. If it's hydro, you can go a little lower, 5.8 to 6.2. But either way, make sure it's the proper parameters. And uh, when you see signs of overwatering or underwatering, uh, act fast uh, to make sure the plant bounces back and you should be fine. This isn't like a pest issue where you got to really go nuts and and figure things out and throw a hundred things at the problem. Uh, It's either slow down on your watering or speed up on your watering. And that's pretty much it. So uh, that is over uh, versus underwatering. And uh, I hope that helps. All right. Sounds good. A little advice about watering your plants. Uh, So that was our grow tip. And now it is time to take some questions from our listeners If you have a question you would like answered on the show, get in touch with us. You could email us. That is info at growbudyourself.com. What do you say we jump right in here? Let's do it. Let's start off with Joseph. Uh, He writes, hi, Danny and Mike. Quick question. Does node spacing tell the difference between good genetics and bad genetics? If they aren't close, like more than an inch apart, are the genetics bad? Uh, What do you think there, Dan? 
Interesting question. That's a good one. Uh, no, the answer is that node spacing doesn't tell you much about the genetics. Uh, if there's space between the nodes uh, and it happens to be genetic, that just basically means that the plant is more sativa dominant typically uh, and a little bit stretchier. Um, that's just something in the genes of the plant. Um, now, if you have underlit the plant, it doesn't have enough light, then it will stretch as well. And this is a, a problem I see a lot is basically um, either not enough light or the light not being close enough to the plant. And that will certainly uh, create a distance uh, between nodes because the plant is just stretching to reach the light. So it's not so much a genetic issue. I mean, it is genetic if you have a plant um, that grows that way. Um, so typically sativa dominant plants will have um, larger distance between the nodes of, than an indica dominant plant. Uh, but the problem could also be environmental. Um, so it doesn't, uh, it doesn't really tell you if it's good genetics or bad genetics because there's great genetics, um, that has, you know, big spacing between the nodes, uh, some amazing strains that do that. Um, but, um, more likely it's either the fact that the plant might be sativa dominant. Most likely it's that, um, it's not getting enough light, uh, which you can happen with good genetics or bad genetics. So, um, I hope that helps you, Joseph. Indeed. Thank you, Joseph. Uh, let's go to Randy. Randy writes, uh, I heard, oh, this is actually about one of your favorite strains, Dan. Uh, Randy writes, I heard on one of the episodes the other day, someone mentioned how strawberry cough has been known to cure tinnitus. My wife suffers badly from it, so I looked around the interwebs for some strawberry cough seeds, but there are a ton of breeders and seed banks, and I don't know which one would be the best. Maybe the one you mentioned on the show? Uh, thanks, guys. Keep up the hard work. So, yeah, what would you say here to Randy? Yes, so that's a good question, too. And, yes, I love strawberry cough. I actually uh, uh, got to hit uh, a strawberry cough pen uh, over this past uh, couple of days over in Atlantic City at the Champs Trade Show and uh, really brought me back to the days of growing that strain and smoking it all the time and um, really love it. And I have heard the tinnitus thing as well. Now, the thing with strawberry cough, though, is it's a, it's a clone-only strain. So it only exists in female form. There's no male uh, strawberry cough genetics. So anytime a breeder is going to put out a strawberry cough, it can't be more than really 50% cough. So I know Dutch Passion has a version. I know a, a lot of different breeders have a version. Even our uh, sponsors, Rocket Seeds, um, with SunWest Genetics, uh, they have a feminized strawberry cough and an auto strawberry cough. But uh, how close that is to the clone only is really up to the breeder um, as far as once they make the seeds and then they test those seeds out um, and then hopefully choose the more strawberry cough dominant uh, of the progeny of whatever they chose for the male. So basically it's going to be 50, 50 uh, between the male and the female, but the breeder has the um, ultimate decision to make of like, okay, th this batch, these, this batch is more uh, indicative of the strawberry cough. So therefore I'm going to continue breeding with these to try to get as close to as I can back to the original clone only. But again, you're not going to get the original clone only from a seed. Uh, so your options are uh, to purchase strawberry cough uh, from the breeders, which you can get 10% off on uh, Rocket Seeds, or try to find the original clone only 
Uh, it's a little bit harder, but it's out there in the world. It's not one of those strains that's restricted for any reason, so people should be sharing it and passing it around. Um, I know our old friend Kyle Cushman uh, loves it as well and has been growing it, and I think he's going to be coming out with uh, with seeds of it as well. And if so, I would definitely highly recommend those because he's, he's the master of the strain and he really knows it uh, in and out. And uh, if he's coming out with seeds of it, I'm sure they will be a great reflect- reflection of that strain. Thank you, Randy. Uh, yes. So there's your strawberry cough info. Let's move on to that bloke, a friend of ours from uh, from across the Atlantic, across the pond. Uh, he writes, hi, guys. I hope you could help me with my grow. Uh, because I have to stay away for pretty much half the week, I went for a low-risk option of growing outside in a small poly tent as opposed to under unattended lights. Uh, the problem I have is that I think I made that decision a little late. I have two plants that are vegging nicely, but haven't started to flower yet. Uh, They're a little on the small side, but I wondered if there's a trick to get them into the flowering stage. I fear if they don't start to flower soon, they will transition when it's too cold, and I may have several other issues to deal with. Uh, Any help is much appreciated. Cheers, lads. So, Danny, what would you say to that bloke? (laughs) Cheers, mate. Uh... I would say basically that you need to use light deprivation techniques if you want the plant to start flowering early. So uh, even though you have uh, smaller plants, they're going to continue to stretch as well. So they will get a little bigger during this phase. But what I would do is basically uh, use light deprivation. The problem is you're not around <laughs> to do this. So you'd have to find some automatic way. So if the plants are in, a, in your poly tent outdoors, uh, the way that, you know, light depth works is, you know, the plant should only be getting 12 hours of light. So if naturally that plant is only getting 12 hours of light, it's going to flower under your tent. Uh, but if it's getting, let's say 15 or 16 hours, it's going to stay in its veg stage. So you just got to cut three or four hours, uh, or so, however many hours to get down to 12 in order to flower the plant. So, uh, what that means is basically... Uh, reducing the light so uh, if it's you know let's say 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. or whatever however you want to do it um, you want to cut the light uh, the amount of light down with some type of a tarp uh, dark tarp or anything else Um, if it's unattended uh, maybe you can use some type of automatic winch that's on a timer of some kind Uh, otherwise most places at this point are in a flowering stage anyways because you know we're basically in the fall now so i think if you put them under your tent and you're getting 12 hours of light or even less 11 or or 10 even uh the plants will will start to flower under that uh poly tent outdoors so i think you'll be okay just to leave them out there uh and uh good luck with that i mean i think uh as long as they finish before the frost uh you will have some amazing outdoor flowers all right thank you that bloke uh we're running a little long here but let's do one more this comes from our patreon uh page it's from renato uh renato writes uh, really appreciate the pod keep up the good work my question is uh, how do i keep humidity down without a dehumidifier i'm just about maxed out in outlets i'm from chicago and it gets super humid sometimes about 75 percent humidity average to be exact, so any help would be appreciated. Stay high and stay smooth. So, what, what <laughs> do you have here for Renato, who doesn't want a dehumidifier and can't spare an outlet? 
Yeah, I mean, that's a tough one because uh, most of the answers to that <laughs> do require outlets of some kind. You basically just need to take moisture out of the air. Uh, dehumidifier is a great way to do it. Uh, there's other ways, kind of. I mean, even an air conditioner kind of uh, will do that as well as, and cool the space if, if that's necessary. 75% uh, is a little bit high. You want to bring that down, uh, I'd say, you know, to 50, 55% if you can. Uh, but that's only, you know, 20% or so humidity. So any kind of heat in the room could do it as well, like a space heater. But that, again, that's something you're going to have to plug in. So uh, that's a tough one. I, I'd have to think about that. What, uh, how to reduce humidity uh, without using something electronic? I mean, and or something dangerous like you know Bunsen burner or something uh, going at all times is pretty dangerous to have an open flame. Uh, so yeah, I really think at some point you're probably going to have to just uh, bite the bullet and uh, get yourself a power strip or uh, improve the you know, increase the amount of electricity that you can use, whatever it, it takes. Uh, dehumidifier is not a huge appliance that uses up a ton of electric. So uh, I think that's probably your best bet. It's sort of like a riddle. And I think maybe the answer is moving somewhere Possibly. less humid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Possibly. Just uh, thank you, Renato. Thanks to everybody who wrote in. We, we appreciate that. We have another question to do. We're going to do it over on Patreon, and it involves how to get involved in the cannabis industry. So you don't want to miss that. Head over to Patreon for that bonus Q&A clip. Now that's going to do it uh, for this section. Thanks to everybody who wrote in. If you have a question that you would like answered on the show, uh, reach out to us. You could email us at info at growbudyourself.com. What do you say we take a little break, come back, and then finish this fucking show up? <laughs> Let's do it. Hey guys, I want to tell you about one of our favorite sponsors, Excelsior Extracts. Outcast and TOH from Excelsior are incredible people, incredible growers, and they make an amazing product. Their THC-infused pain rub is made by patients for patients, and it provides powerful relief from pain. This product was developed to treat Outcast's chronic pain, and trust me, this is a super potent topical that really works. You can find out more about Excelsior on Instagram at Excelsior Extracts. That's E-X-C-E-L-S-I-O-R-E-X-T-R-A-C-T-S. Uh, DM them there to learn more about their amazing pain rub. And don't forget to tell them that Grow Bud Yourself sent you. Hey, all right, welcome back, and you have made it. This is The Wrap. Uh, I want to thank uh, DJ Jacques and Winstrong, as always. want to thank our sponsors, Rocket Seeds. The code is GBY10 for 10% off at rocketseeds.com. Sweetleaf Nutrients. The code there is DANKO15 for 15% off, but you can get even more percentages off if you join our Patreon page, so uh, up to 25%, which is just crazy, site-wide. Uh, Excelsior Extracts, the THC-infused pain relief rub, is amazing. Please check them out on Instagram. Follow uh, Elaine and Tommy over there at Excelsior Extracts. 
And uh, also Vapor.com, our affiliate. Uh, the code there is GrowBudYourself20 for 20% off of everything site-wide on Vapor.com. So check them out for sure. I uh, want to thank you guys for listening, Patreon supporters, uh, YouTube subscribers. You guys are all awesome. We love getting your questions. We love hearing from you. Uh, we love putting out uh, special content just for you as well. Uh, so please check out patreon.com slash Danny Danko. Uh, join the community over there. Uh, get some stickers. Get some uh, free nutrients. Get some all kinds of merch. We got, we're we're going to be adding stuff to that as well. So we're excited about the Patreon. We'd love to have you guys join us there. Um, episode number 69. Nice. I, what? <laughs> it's a completely insignificant number that has no... Uh, affiliations with any or connotations no connotation <laughs> no affiliations <laughs> so uh, before we wrap i just want to say everybody check out youtube as dan mentioned we just put out a uh, a, a short video clip of todd mccormick it was part of a, a 10 minute bonus clip that we put on patreon but this little like two minute clip i just thought was too good everyone needed to hear it it's about how he doesn't call it the entourage effect and the importance of whole plant medicine so head to youtube and check that out we love you guys, the listeners. Thank you for sticking around. Uh, thanks for being here week after week and supporting us. Uh, we hope your grow is going swimmingly. Uh, we hope you weren't flooded out by the storms or burned out by the fires. Uh, we send our love and support to the people who are struggling with all of that as well. And we will be back next week with another episode. So I think it's time. Uh, the end is drawing near. Let's put this one in the books. Books.